and welcome to the Meet the Makers podcast. I'm your host, Jack Blanche. Right to the left of me is Ryan Gerbrands. Hello. And in this episode, we are going to be talking to Johnny Harper. Obviously, at the time of recording this intro, we've already shot this like we weeks ago. This is great fun, guys. You're going to love this. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, we, John is um, the, would you call him the owner or would you call him the director? What? He is he Beauty is, he Distillery. He is Beauty Distillery, he, yeah. He's the boss, CEO, co-founder, yeah. everything. Yeah, he's a lovely man from New Zealand who who makes a lovely couple of different gins here in, in the shop and a couple of things that um, I'm not sure if I can actually no, talk no, about. No, no, it's yet. happening. It's yeah, happening now? Yeah, yeah next okay, week cool. it's launching. Well, yeah. It won't be next week when this is launched, but yeah. Well, there you go. We finally got to manage, we actually managed to taste and test a new, um, a new gin that he has now by the time you're seeing this he has released uh, and he announced he released today there you go oh, yeah. there you go so so we were very lucky to be the first people to, mm-hmm. to try it so when he released it I commented that I tried it and people were so jealous yeah <laughs> uh, so, so good so yeah I hope you guys enjoy the podcast if you want to try and uh, get a copy get a copy if you guys want to pick up a bottle of the gin you can find find it over at Maiden Stroud at Kendrick Street yeah or maidenstroud.co.uk and yeah hope you enjoy the podcast I'm why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah. Okay, so my name's uh, John, and I'm from a small micro distillery in Gloucestershire called uh, the Boutique Distillery. Um, this is our one of our products, which is a fine Cotswold dry gin. Um, it's something I've been making for thirty odd years. Um, I grew up in New Zealand, and my background's making moonshine and bootlegging. Um, and yeah, it all sort of started for me really. I think I was about nineteen years old. And there was a guy I knew, old fella in the village, and he used to get me to make these weird components for him at work. I was a, a, an apprentice engineer, and um, I'd make all these things for him. And he'd give, he used to call it jobs for Jesus, because uh, I'm sure he was robbing me. I'd make all this real intricate kit for him, and he'd sort of pay me a couple of dollars for it. Anyway, one day I, I, I sort of said to him, you know, what, what's it all about? And he says, oh, come over and I'll show you. So I went over to his place. And he had this old barn, and uh, go down into this thing, and he had this um, this thing, this contraption in the corner, and I was like, oh wow, it's very like, is it George Orwell? I think it was, uh, it's very sort of a uh, spacey, steampunky type thing. And he said, oh well, that's what you've been making. It's a still, and he'd put it all together. And I was like, oh, so what are you doing? He says, oh well, over here we've got this container. If um, I think he had like some rye or some malted grain and corn fermenting, and he said when that's finished rotting down and the you know the yeast is finished doing its thing, we put it into the still, and we make whiskey. And I was like, mind blowing, you know, how you can take grain and turn it into whiskey is like, you know, I should have been paying attention at school more. Anyway, um, it was like a revelation to me, so I sort of went back and I thought about it, and I thought, oh, you know, I'm going to do one myself. So then I built my first still. Uh, yeah, I was 19. It was just before my 20th birthday. And um, I made some whiskey, and then from there I made some rum. Um, so it was sort of in the days, well, obviously we're talking sort of in the 80s, um, and well before the internet. So it was the only stuff you could really learn from is people that knew about the craft and what to do, or by reading maybe a book in the library or something, because you just couldn't, the information wasn't there like it is today. Mm. Um, so a lot of it was experimenting. 
um, with different strains of yeast and I used to cultivate my own yeasts because I learnt that um, different yeasts bring different esters or flavours into a fermenting product right. and that carries across whether it be a rum or a whiskey. Um, so I was playing around with different yeasts, different grains, um, making some pretty good spirits and I had a, a moonshine whiskey um, that was quite well known, it was called number 45. Um, which was all to do with its ABV, it was 45 ABV, and in those days it was pretty strong. I used to use snow melt water uh, from the mountains there because wow. it was just like, the water was just incredible. I'm going to show my, um, my, my ignorance here, but moonshine, is that legal here now, is it? Can we still...? Um, it's called, they call it moonshine, but um, it, it's illegal. You're not allowed to distill anything here in the UK unless you've got the appropriate license and permits in place. Um, um, in New Zealand, it was different because I was I young and stupid. He's not doing this right now. <laughs> no, no, no. So we will get we'll touch on that. Um, so we're talk, oh. we're talking about my illicit days. So um, you know, it was a bit like the Wild West. You did what you did, and you sort of made friends with the right people that turned a blind eye and all that sort of thing. So that was cool. Um, so yeah, it was quite good, and then eventually I come to the UK, and um, I remember I started going out with this girl I met when I sort of come to Gloucester, and I was like, right, I'm going to build a still, start making whiskey again, and she was like, oh, I don't think anyone does that over here, and we're talking early, very early 2000s, like it's probably 2001, and um, so I looked into it and found out it was highly illegal, and Sandra wouldn't let me do anything remotely dodgy, so I shelved it, and that was the end of it. And it wasn't until sort of um, years on, we're probably talking about 2015, um, I was in Budapest, and uh, I tried gin for the first time. Like, we're talking craft gin, not the rubbish my nanny used to drink, you know. We're talking like a half-decent gin. And I was like, oh my God, this is really good. And that was it, I was hooked. And then um, I was, you know, my, I do a lot of photography. I've got a really good wedding photography business. And I noticed that when I was going around and shooting weddings at these venues through the Cotswolds, I started seeing all these little craft gins popping up behind the bar. And so I was like, well, if it's illegal, how come everyone's making it? Where's all this craft gin coming from? So I came home, that was on a, a, a Saturday night from a wedding. And then I was straight onto HMRC on the Monday. And uh, they said, yeah, well, you need, you can do it, but you need all these permits. So I spent the next year or so getting legal and uh, building a, a distillery that's 100% legal and above board making what I love, you know. Um, my, like I said, my background's making whiskey and rum, but I use my sort of know-how and skill um, for, that I used to make number 45 with um, as a base for making a really good gin that's like super smooth. And... When people sort of say to me, um, is there anything that, if, if you could say one thing that would, you know, set a product apart, kind of, you know, what would it be? Um, and for me, it's, it's the water. Uh, and I mean, like the, a lot in a, in a bottle of spirits, I mean, that's 45 ABV. So there's a lot of water in there. Every time uh, you pick that bottle up, I'm just... I know, on. I'm getting ready to have a drink, actually. I'm oh, starting to... I'm, so I'm getting dry. <laughs> uh, and uh, 
so there's a lot of water in there. And one thing I did learn in the early days is water can make or break a product. If you look at um, a lot of the distilleries in Scotland, they've got their own wells and springs and they're damn near under lock and key. If you get within 100 yards, you know, they'll release the hound smithers, you know. <laughs> um, so I tried water from Scotland, um, Wales, Yorkshire, and the best water was coming out of the Malvern Hills. It just works really well with the botanicals of what I use in this. And so that was it for me. I just, it just, you know, I built my own still. Um, with the on a design I designed when I was sort of 19, 20 years old. Um, it's it's she's called Genevieve, and she's yeah. built from upcycled like bits and pieces. Um, and she runs on 100% renewable wind and solar. Um, so yeah, we're a, a proper. In the true sense, as a craft distiller, I'm all about the craft um, and the provenance of where all my ingredients come from, um, right, right down to I'll find bits and pieces. I build my own stills because I know that different stills and the way they're configured can affect the flavour of what you make. Um, so, yeah, I use my own stills um, and, yeah, I just totally love what I do, eh? So, you know, it's a little bit about me and what I does, yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've got some gin here if you want to, you know, have a little taste. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, okay. So, um, what this do you want to try? the only reason we invited you here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, we've got the gin that, you know, made in Stroud Cell. Um, this is our very popular Cotswold Dry Gin here. Um, we've also got this pink gin coming out. It's raspberry and hibiscus. Yeah. Um, which is really good. I've, I've haven't really wanted to bring one out for a long time because I'm not really into sweet pink anything. Um, but this is a proper pink gin made with our straight gin, um, and fresh raspberries, you know, from a local farm, which is pretty good. So Just we can at the time of recording this, um, when you haven't released this. Yet. No, no, no. So, um, no one, this is actually top secret. No one knows what it is except you guys. But by the time it comes out, it'll be public yeah. knowledge and you'll have it on your shelves. Yes, please. Right, do, you want to try, do you want to try whiskey first? What would be your, as a, I would probably, as a professional, what would I, you... I tell you what, I'd probably try this. This is, um, my, my number 45, uh, whiskey, oh, wow. uh, moonshine. Um, it's aged in Jack Daniels barrels uh, that I brought over from the States, especially once used Jack Daniels barrels. Um, it's at about 52 ABV at the moment. Um, and it's got some really good taste of like um, toffee, uh, maple syrup, some really nice vanillins coming through. And it's pretty smooth. So, right. right, I know you've been dying to get your hands <laughs> yeah, on that. Thank you so much. Knock yourself <laughs> out, mate. I've been waiting to try it. He's been, since we were driving it out earlier today, Ryan's been holding this bottle. <laughs> His hands are shaking. Yeah, is he so keen, <laughs> eh? So excited. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine for me. Wait, Cheers. When did you guys first introduce each other then? Introduce each other? When did you guys first meet and when did you start? Probably, we met in the shop. Yeah, well, I I came in here with my mum. When my mum comes out from New Zealand, I would take her around local places, and I remember there was like a sheepskin jerkin in the window here. It wasn't cheap. It was like three hundred quid or something, and um, she loved it, and so I bought it for her as a little present, go away present sort of thing. And uh, yeah, they, then we sort of came in regularly, and then we were in here one day. We'd been to the farmers market, and I was making the gin. And Sandra was like, oh, you should have some stock it here. And I was like, oh, no, no, no one will want to stock it, you know. I'm just enjoying drinking it. She's like, oh, no. 
And he was like, yeah, fair play. He says, yeah, we'll have a look at it. So he liked it. So it was good, wasn't it? I remember the we had. I was like, great, yeah, let's, let's do Cheers, it. Cheers, guys. Doing it? Good health. Good health. Yeah, oh, yeah take me now. It'll be alright when it warms up a bit, I think. We'll let it sit for a while. That is, that is lovely, though. Yeah, I remember mm. you saying, mm. uh, I've got this gin. And I was like, yeah, great, I'm really interested. And I was like, what about, what about other things? Are you going <laughs> to make other products as well as gin? What if the gin bubble bursts? And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can make other things. Don't well, I think with... Um... Oh, it's a bit moreish. You know, the legs on there. Look, like, I'm... Glad to know that I'm a bit more of a whiskey person than I am a gin person. Yeah. Um, not to blaspheme or anything. No, no, but, no. But but that is gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That'll get better. That that's that by Christmas. I mean, it's still quite young. By Christmas, um, that's just going to be like the mutt's nuts, eh? Punch an elephant. But it'll be it'll be good. But it, it's really good. Um, I think good spirits, you just have them like that. I mean, I wouldn't put water with that. Um, or no. ice. Um, okay, this is a hot topic with me yeah. and my friends. What is the, the way you're supposed to drink whiskey? What is I tell you what, it entirely depends because we've all got different tastes. We all like different things. So I like um, vanilla. Um, I like chocolate. I like coffee. I like all those sort of things. Some people like spice. And what you find is when you're aging spirits um, from anything above 55 ABV in a cask, including like whiskey or whatever, will have more spicier notes to it. Yeah. But once you hit 55, 54, and you come down to about 50, 49, 50-ish thereabouts, um, then you start getting these flavours through. Like you'll get the vanillins coming out of the oak, um, and there's different levels of those that come through. Um, you'll start getting just a little bit of sweet come through as well, and I that that's my that's my bag. Eh? So Oops, I just make know. stuff. <laughs> that didn't take long to hit. I just make stuff I like, and hopefully everybody enjoys it. You know the same I do, eh? Yeah. Um, and that goes from a gin. Um, my wife hates. Uh, well, she doesn't hate. She doesn't like tonic water. So when I made a gin, um. I needed something that you could drink neat with ice, so she would love it. Um, I needed something that had loads of flavour and punch to it, because what I found is, if you're out at a really nice bar, and you're paying 14 quid for a gin and tonic, um, you want to taste the gin in it, right, sure. and too many gins get lost in the tonic, and they become insipid, or you don't taste it as much. So I want a gin you could drink neat, and wouldn't have any burn, a gin that would stand a single would stand up to any tonic you threw at it. And so it then does. I you know, that yeah, just have a single yeah. half of that. A yeah, there's two serves in these mini, so uh, half of one of those, um, seventy five mils of tonic, and um, excuse me. If you come across someone who says, um, I don't drink whiskey or yeah. I don't like whiskey, but they want to try it and they want to get into it, what would be the recommended way to to serve it? I would probably try it neat myself first. Um, and even to gin people, I say to gin people that don't like gin, I say, just smell it. And they smell it and go, well, yeah, actually, I like that. And I'll taste it and they go, well, there's no burn. That's actually really good. So I know when they put a tonic with it and, you know, you 
you, you might put, um, I mean with ours we do it with rosemary and uh, a big sprig of garden rosemary, fresh garden rosemary and a slice of um, red grapefruit because that's sort of what we use when we make it, it's one of the botanicals that complements it. Um, but then with whiskey, um, I, I would try it neat and then I might try it with a couple of drops of water um, or an ice cube and just let the ice cube melt and then as you're drinking it and you're watching the ice cube melt you can say, well okay, I actually like it at about half an ice cube. Um, it starts watering down after that, so yeah. That's that's the part that's the hot topic. Like yeah. Do you put ice cube? Does it destroy it? Water, it honestly, water changes the structure of a, a drink greatly. Um, so when you make the spirit and you've got your whiskey and it's come out the still at like seventy three ABV, thereabouts on a good day, more like sixty eight, it comes out. Um, so when you've got that, it then goes into an urn, um, and then it sort of um, it sits in there to stabilise. And I need to get that down to forty five ABV. So I'll give it probably two days, and then I'll start adding water to it, and I'll add the water in thirds. Um, so. If I run a 50 litre still, um, I'll end up with about, probably about 22 litres of spirit coming out of full strength gin, and I think I add probably about, I'm probably going to add about 16 litres, 17 litres thereabouts of Malvern spring water to bring it down to 45 ABV, and that's kind of best for it. Um, whiskey's a bit more complex. Um, because it certainly draws on the aging process from the oak and the barrel and stuff. And so, yeah, it's just try it, and but don't put it with Coke or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God, no. God, no. You know? Or, you know, this makes a really good old-fashioned, so I'd, I'd have it as an old-fashioned. Yeah. yeah, well done, Johnny. That's cracking. Cheers. Taking a lot of thought and doing it, eh? But that, that, I developed that kind of about 30, about 30 odd years ago, eh? So yeah. Well, very quickly, if anyone wants to try some, uh, just give us a reminder of the name and what's called. And it's a well, it's a boutique distillery. Um, that it's going to be number forty-five. It's single malt. Um, the name I've trademarked the name, and I'm not saying what it is just yet. Great. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's going. The packaging is going to look totally different. Um, so yeah, I'll, I, well, you guys will be the first to see it when it's when it's out there. But yeah, it's going to be called something single malt, and once again, it'll be forty five ABV. Yeah. Maybe you could uh, come back to meet the makers when. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. It's to good. We can I mean, sit here and get hammered. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds yeah. good. Just have, a, have a rehash of the first episode. Yeah. It'll taste Thank even better know. by then as well. You know, it'll be oh god. Yeah, I just realised I've got my glasses on top of my I'm, I'm the same. Oh. Yeah, might have to uh, stick them on eh, for this next bit. It's just going to get messy now, eh? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll be wearing these in the morning when I'm editing this. Podcast. Mine, mine live up here, eh? All yeah. the time. Here we go. This is our um, pink um, gin. So once again, it's based on our you know Cotswold dry gin. It's got fresh raspberries in it from over farm and hibiscus flowers. Um, I tell you what, something else that's interesting is that one of the ingredients I use in here um, is we grow at the distillery. It's Fijoa. And we were using this back in New Zealand for years for making vodka. Okay. And it's a fruit us Kiwis are drawn to like can I say flies on shit? Yeah, no, yeah, fine. like tit flies yeah. on shit. Yeah, yeah. On flight, on flight, like flies on beep. Manure. I mean, we, haven't, we haven't decided what this podcast is going to be rated yet, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. so you're going to set the bar. Yeah, right, right. I'll keep it clean. 
my mum, when she came over a couple of years back, she bought me some of the Fiji fruit, and it's kind of like a looks like a green egg, but like a green passion fruit. Okay. And you cut them in half, and it looks a bit like a banana. It's a, one of the most amazing. It's my favourite fruit. And in fact, when we have friends and family come to stay from New Zealand, and they're like, "Is there anything you want us to bring us, Johnny?" It's like. Yep, bring me Fiji smoothie, and it comes in a bottle, and it's just literal pulp, and I keep them in the freezer. Every now and then I get one out, and I smell it, and I taste it, and I... So good. So anyway, mum came over, and she bought me the fruit, and uh, I got the seeds out, and the seeds are about the size of a pinhead. They're so tiny, and I cultivated these um, Fiji bushes, so I grow them on site, and then I use the leaves for to put now still, so... Um, every bottle has got a little bit of New Zealand DNA in it because it comes off the bush in my mum's front garden. And we off the bush in your mum's front garden. Yeah, it sounds weird, doesn't it? <laughs> Sorry, mum. It's <laughs> talking about your bush here. Yeah. <laughs> I think now we've decided what we're raising the podcast. Yeah, yeah. pure oh. smut. Oh. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, a little bit of uh, New Zealand DNA in every bottle. And then what I've got is I've got a seal coming. I'm going to start stamping the tops of the lids um, with a little design. It's a little Maori motif, um, which is called a kuru. And sort of looks like a spiral. And it's um, sort of symbolizes um, like new life, uh, growth and strength. And if you look at where they get it from, um, the Maori's get it from like a silver fern. Uh, Same as the All Black shirt. It's got a silver fern Mm -hmm. sort of frong on there. Well, but when that's a baby, it's like this little curled up thing. And as it curls, it kind of unfolds into the silver fern. So this motif I've got is like the little curled up thing before it comes into new life. And so we're going to start stamping all our bottles. So that arrives this week. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm stoked, eh? So all the pink gins will be starting with it. And then, uh, yeah, the new batches of this from batch eight all have the little motif on it as well. And it just adds something else to our story, you know. Um, I mean, I'm 12,000 miles away from home, and I still, you know, die hard Kiwi through and through, and I just, you know, want to keep my bit of heritage there as well, eh? So, yeah. Nice. I keep talking, mate. We need to crack this baby yeah, open. Do, do. So, as you know, Jack and I are cousins. Yeah. And uh, we go on holiday every year to Poles Ave in Cornwall. Um, and I took a bottle. Sorry, why? Well, you've drunk most of it anyway. <laughs> I did have a little bit before. Um, thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Do you want and some it, mo- it went down. Do you want some bit of mine? He's not saying no, is he? Let's no. Go. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Thank you very much. Good yeah, health once much. again. And to you. Yeah, it's a real good punch of raspberries, eh? It's so lovely, isn't oh, it? Damn, yeah. That's taking me back to Cornwall. Yeah. That will just slide down there. They'll slide down all day long. There's no mm. sugar in it. Um, just the sweetness from the raspberries, really? eh? Yeah. I love that. No added sugar. Oh yeah, flip eye. It's uh, it's poison, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, you, I want to bring that point back, but very quickly, right? Um, just talking about poles and things mm. like that. Oh, those we're going down in a couple of weeks' time as well. But wow, finish cool. your story about when you brought it down. The... Oh yeah, so mm-hmm. I brought it down, and we always argue about what do you take down? Oh this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and there was, there's always an argument about whether gin o'clock's five or six o'clock. <laughs> we all say five o'clock. And it turns out to be 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. If you're older than that. <laughs> 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 and, uh, yeah, it, 
it went down the tree and it got nailed pretty mm. quick, didn't it? Yeah, it's good. Enjoyed it. Bear in mind, there's like twenty of us within this one house, and mm-hmm. we've yeah. only got the one bottle, so yeah. we 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 kind of we're all looking at it and we're all just keeping an eye on our watches and going. <laughs> On, they like saving. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> but you have to be the first one there as well to pour yourself one. Yeah. Otherwise, it, it'll be gone by the time by the time everyone served themselves. But yeah, that, everyone enjoyed it. They didn't they? It's yeah. good, eh? Oh, it takes. Yeah. In fact, I was messaging you about. It. I was like, everyone yeah. loves it. It's good. Yeah. Free. Yeah. It's better than. Can't remember what the other one yeah. was, but yeah. <laughs> it's good. Well, a lot. You know, lot flipping. Lot goes into it, eh? You'll try this one next. I'm still on mine at the moment. This, this is this is so special, this pink one. Yeah, I can't believe. Thank you so much for letting us be the first ones to. No, well, no, no. The first, so, ones, but, but first ones on camera. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, for an official tasting, I haven't sat down and drunk it with other people yet. Well, we had a dinner party the other night for Sandra's birthday. No. And uh, it's so cool because I've got this um, this Mexican friend in Mexico. And um, you sure? Yeah, apparently, yeah. Uh, Monica, she's a photographer, a really good photographer in Mexico. And I think I saw a picture of some food she'd cooked or taken a photo of um, on her Facebook page. And I was like, what the hell is that? And she said, oh, it's called Tacos El Pastor. It's like a really popular street food. It's a real, really popular street food in sort of Mexico City. Okay. And I was like, oh, right. And she said, I'll send you the recipe. So she sent me some recipes. It's almost like a Mexican version of a piri-piri. That's okay. the nearest thing I'd put to it. And um, you use pineapple juice in it and stuff. And these big Mexican chilies that don't taste hot. They taste like raisins. Okay. Real fruity. And uh, I made all this stuff up and barbecued it. Oh, my God. So we sat there, drank the pink gin. Um, we tried it with... Because it was the first time our friends had tried it. And so we had it with champagne and hibiscus flowers with some syrup I'd made. Um... With different tonics and stuff like that, and it was just a clear winner, eh? It was good, but once again, you know, it is this with raspberries, so you know, definitely taste the original, but it just changes. Yeah, but that, the, this is the daddy, eh? This is like cheers, yeah. I'm more than happy with this, so smooth. Has anyone ever gargled on a podcast before? I don't know. <laughs> like, you're, the first. you're the first guest, so. Oh yeah. Yeah. But very quickly, just I I, I want to talk about this at the moment because it's yeah, sure, go for it. But but before I do, I was just talking about the difference between your pink gin, for example, and then what you find like at Tesco's or something like that. What? Because I mean, you really want to get me started on that topic? Well, <laughs> yeah. For the, for the point being of of like how what Rai said about it just being like a not a hint necessarily but it's it's like this but with a taste of raspberry at the very end yeah whereas a lot of pink gins I try it's just all sugar all raspberry yeah. it's like they, they design it to not taste like gin so that people will easily drink it a little bit yeah. more in, in my mind it's a separate drink altogether um, they know that the gin market at the moment especially on social media is just Globally, it's bloody huge. Um, so the word gin in itself is a very powerful um, marketing word, I guess. Um, and so I think they've worked out that if they make a product um, that appeals 
to a lot of people so it's sweet it's pretty it's pink um it's got nice flavor to it easy easy to be drink not a not a very high abv because it doesn't need to be um then they'll sell bucket loads of it and we've got um some real close friends of ours their daughters don't like gin they love pink gin and the only correlation is it's sweet and it's pink but when i try it it's not gin you know um, a lot of these things um, are, they, they use flavours and colourings and essentially you can buy, I tell you what, what you could do is you could buy a bottle of the cheapest vodka you could find, you could add some um, juniper flavour to it, which you can get, you could add some raspberry flavor to it you could add coconut flavor to it you could add cookies and cream flavor to it and you could sell it as some hybrid gin people buy it because it tastes lush um but the stuff that's in it is absolute you know it's there's no substance to it it's a liqueur isn't it it's not a gin oh, it's, it's not I've, i i don't even rate anything like that you know hey, per, personally you know and that's because i think i'm old school um, I learnt kind of the old way. I'm not. I'm a proper craft distiller. Um, there's a lot of people now that even even use the word craft distilling, when all they're doing is probably buying neutral grain spirit, adding juniper to it or whatever, and running it through a still and coming out with something. And a lot of people do it because it's quite feasible. And I'm not knocking that because you know it, it's a good thing to do. But then um, I think if you're going to call yourself a craft distiller then you really need to understand the craft going back to fermenting, yeasts, how different yeasts affect different things, and knowing a bit about the science behind it rather than you know, trying to make a fast buck off it. Um, I, I know that, you know, I, I always said this will be a slow grower. I kind of do things, you know, my way. Yeah. And I'm quite pedantic how I do it. It's So I can Patience sleep at is night. Patience key, isn't it? With oh. anything, if you're going to do it properly... You yeah. don't want to get there quickly, you want to do it properly. Especially, and, and especially yeah, I, I mean, if I wanted to make a fast gin, I'd get some, um, God, if, if I want to make something quick and nasty, I mean, I'd probably just make it quite a low ABV, just so it qualifies as gin, I'd boost the flavour of the juniper with some flavour because then I wouldn't have to spend so much on juniper berries. Yeah. Um, or cardamom, or, you know, some of the more um, expensive juniper. prices. Yeah. I, I certainly wouldn't be asked about putting um, Fijar in there, because it costs a lot for me to be able to do that. Mm. Um, it costs a lot for me to grow it and look after it, especially through winter, because you've got to grow it outside, and uh, use, use all those little things, you know. But, yeah, I just, you know, I like proper stuff done the proper old way you know well i think i think proofs in the pudding and it's yeah. well worth it i'd say well mm -hmm. worth the patience well, well worth the you yeah. call it being pedantic but i think i think really that's that's the value that you bring right? yeah that's the value of well that's why it tastes so good isn't it yeah um, well yeah I, I i think if i used um I, I mean, like I, I was touching on before about the water, if I went up and just hooked my still up to a, a mains water tap, um, and a lot of people do that, and I would have a real problem selling my product to someone um, that half of it came out of my kitchen tap. Oh, God, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. So that means, I mean, this is 45 ABV, so everything from my finger up, if that came out of my kitchen tap and I was selling it to you, 
as a premium product, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Um, yeah. So I, you know, I get Wilfred the camper van, and I put our containers in. I go up to the Malvern Hills to Hollywell and Spring, and they fill our containers up. And all it does is go through a particle filter to get any stones and stuff out, and then through UV light to kill any pathogens. And then that's that's the only thing that goes in here as well as our spirit. And I know I've done the best I can to give you the best product I can, you know. Um, sure. I can definitely taste it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, we get it a lot. So people are like, "How much is this gin?" And I'm like, "Well, it's forty three pounds." And yeah. like, that's expensive. And I'm like, "Yeah, but it's the best gin I've ever drank in my life." Yeah. And they're like, "Really?" Yeah. If you don't believe me, try the miniature and then yeah, come yeah. back to the big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And pe people do. Mm -hmm. You know, I've even here. If I've done a taste today here. I've I've had so many people say I oh, don't like gin, totally. and I'm like just have a little sniff, and they sniff it and they go hmm, and I know I'll get them on a sniff. I think, and I can honestly remember. I think I've had two people say smell it and go oh no, um, but everybody else has sniffed it and gone hmm that smells interesting. Worth to it. Then they've tried yeah absolutely, <laughs> their money was forged. You know I could I could smell it a mile off. And they tasted it, and they were like, oh, my God, this is really, really good. And they've gone back in. And, yeah. you know, I forge friendships off that. There's um, this really lovely couple that do your coffee. Callum and Courtney. Yeah, yeah Callum yeah. and Courtney. Hi, Callum and Courtney. We love Callum. Uh, they're so cool. So, yeah, I, I met them at a taster day here. They'd just come back from France. They'd got married, I think, the week before or something. And we kind of hit it off. And uh, they really, really understood. And it was quite cool because I didn't realize what they did at the time. And talking to them, they were all about the craft themselves. And so they bought a bottle of our gin. Then they come back and they're talking to them and they says, yeah, we make sort of um, roast coffee. And so they could see the correlation between what I did and what they did, um, being all about the craft. And for them, I mean, they buy some damn good beans and they roast it. And, you know, I like the flavours and I know my coffee. And I get all my coffee off there. Yeah, their just, their coffee is really good. Absolute coffee snob, so I can't. Oh, mate, yeah, their yeah, single, yeah, yeah, yeah. single origins, like. Literally, I, th I think it's just because of working in a cafe. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. It's, it's just like. Can you make a good flat white? I can make the best flat white. Oh, good man. <laughs> good man. The question I had was, yeah. was about, well, it was actually to Rye, actually, but by extension, I suppose it all goes over towards you, but what do people say when they come into the shop and they, they purchase a bottle or they're considering purchasing a bottle and things like that? Obviously, you mentioned the price thing. And then but they'll ask me about, <coughs> about the actual um, product itself. So, um, Johnny's come in and done taster days with us, so that's really helped me learn about the product. Yeah, because you just soak that stuff up like oh, a sponge, yeah. eh? Yeah. And I've, He's a good learner, eh? He's like, onto it. Mr. Sales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I've drank it numerous times, um, so that helps. Um, so I just talk about what I know, so I know that obviously it's tempered with Morgan spring water, yeah. and I can remember six hope, hopefully after this podcast i remember more of the botanicals so i go juniper no pink grapefruit juniper coriander cardamom chamomile and star anise right yeah lavender that okay lavender I didn't yeah and i never so i always Hibiscus. go for the six i know yeah. there's 11 yeah no there's more than that there's uh i've helped you out because uh when i had the new labels made oh these are our new labels as well so they're bigger brighter and a bit more information on the back because 
because I, I'm me and I suppose I just take what I do for granted, I wasn't really saying anything about me. So now I actually spell it out that I build my own stills from upcycled I materials to reduce our carbon footprint and that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, I've, I've kind of put them on there. So yeah, this will help. So this will help sell. Yeah. Well, the, the, yeah, most of the make, well, all of the makers in here source their, whatever they make, it, they source their ingredients or materials from like locally like, and, and ethically. And ethically. Yeah. I, I tell you ethically what, that that thing, yeah, and that side of the market is absolutely growing. Um, I mean, for me, I I sort of I'm part of a group called Happily, and that I've signed up to, and it's about being totally transparent about where all my ingredients come from and about the truth um, behind food and ingredients, because there's so many products out there nowadays. Um, that claim to be one thing but use something else so there's a for instance I, I was on a meeting zoom meeting the other day with our you know with happily and we were talking about a well-known jam and you know this jam claims to be made somewhere and which is all well and good because it is it's assembled there it's jarred up there and it's distributed from there so it is essentially like a jam from a specific place however the strawberries and the fruit that goes into it come from china so then you have to think, well, how much of truth is in there? What is the, um, you know, human, human rights issues of China at the moment? You know, yeah. these farmers that are growing this fruit, what are the conditions they're having to grow it in? Um, the soil, what's in the soil? Are there heavy metals in the soil? Are there pesticides in the soil? They're exceedingly dodgy with a lot of what they do. And this could be ending up in the products. Who's there to police it? And it's sold as a product, you know, from a specific place under a very good name. And it's, you know, dodgy. And also, at any given time, there's something like £10 billion worth of fake food in circulation. And that comes down to things like cod being passed off as... Po uh, pollock, sorry, being passed off as cod. Um, there's chalk and flour. Um, there's chalk and flour is a big one. Yeah, I kid you not. Um, there's sunflower oil disguised as olive oil, and there's all this in circulation. I've heard that too in America. They yeah. have the same regulations, and yeah. you buy honey, yeah. and it's just syrup. Yeah, totally. It's like maple syrup in America. If you have syrup with your pancakes, not much chance of it being maple syrup. Right, it's right. sugar yeah, I, syrup, yeah. and most of that's high fructose corn syrup. You know, yeah. yeah. Once again, getting back to flavors, you can buy flavors of anything, and it's just a chemical. Smells like something, tastes like something. You put it with something, and Maybe all of a sudden, it's like, oh my god, it's maple syrup, and it's BS. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, unfortunately. So the good thing with Happily is, um, is if we supply any of their outlets, um, there's like a little QR code on the shelf, so our product will be there. Um, a consumer can come and go, oh, this looks pretty cool. And they can scan the QR code, and not only has it got, well, we'll take them through to our website they, or our profile on the Happily page, but they can then see um, all the ingredients, where the ingredients come from, which have all been checked and verified independently from Happily. And so it means that people can make a conscious choice about purchasing something really honest and truthful. And that's starting to gain traction, and it's certainly going to be something that's going to, you know, just propel things forward, you know. Um, I lived off the land in New Zealand. I used to do a lot of hunting and fishing for the freezer. Um, so I've been 
I've, I've grew, I grew up with good food, you know. I, I spent a good time out in the bush, you know, not only making moonshine, but living there and, you know, feeding myself and stuff. Um, and then I, I sort of found over here there's not that level, uh, unless you really search for it, of food provenance or truth. And I think people are crying out for it now, you know. Um, sure, you pay a bit more for it. But then, once again, you know that it's come from a good source and it's it's straight up honest, you know? Yeah, um, so, I, yeah. I mean, I've had this discussion with a number of people. It's, yeah. it's like, I'm happy to spend the, the one pound or two pound extra it costs for yeah. a chocolate bar or something yeah. because you know that at least it's it's come from somewhere that is genuine and it's yeah not, you're not paying for slave labor totally it's two pounds <clears throat> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like and you know it's going to do someone good as well and it, it's honestly it's, it's so Ryle will tell me he'll say sold a bottle of your gin today and i'm literally excited well, we're you both, know? yeah yeah we both are like over the moon yeah but so, some of the big producers they they don't give a shit if you sell one or 500 you know it means mm-hmm. the same to them at the end of the day as long as the shareholders are getting their cut you know they're happy but i think small producers definitely they, they get you know real kick out of it and we're all starting to sort of forge these little relationships and groups and it's starting to feed out in the community now and it's got a really good vibe good honest vibe about it um i think that a lot of the um, bigger companies and corporations are probably cottoning on to that sort of thing and how we do things, so they try and mimic what we do. Mm. Um, they look at what we do. They start using words like craft, yeah. um, artisan, which has been flogged to bits. Um, just all, I, all I this see, sort of like, stuff, you know. Artisan on a bottle or, or yeah. website or whatever, and I'm just like, oh, next. Yeah, it's 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 such a shame because it's such a powerful word, especially about what we do. Like artisanal, I mean, it's a beautiful word. It's really good, and it sort of sums it up in a nutshell what the craft is all about. Whether you produce chocolate, um, flour, bread, bakery, whatever. But you then you, all of a sudden you've got some like big supermarket going, oh, our artisanal sourdough. And you just want to get that piece of sourdough and kick it over the, you know, the, the drop goal with it, you know, straight between the posts sort of thing. How very kiwi. You know? Oh, yeah, through and through away, you know, from the halfway line. we're so lucky, aren't we, in what we do. Yeah, so totally. We're passionate about it and it's, yeah. it makes us happy and it's, it's, you know, it's true. Well, it's dead honest and it's like, you know, it's uh, that just does make you happy, you know, when you get something like that. It's just got... I don't know, it's, it's got a good feel about it. It's like if I went down to the farm shop down over farm or somewhere and I bought some sausages, I know I'd be getting some good sausages. Yeah. Um, if I wanted to go out to Seven and Y Smokery, which are like really good. Um, if I go out there, I know I'm going to get some really good mussels. Um, you know, I love mussels. Hey. I make my own sourdough, so that's my treat, you know. Toasted sourdough, loads of butter and a big... Bucket of malls. Your yeah. mum makes the best mussels. Oh, really? We, we, oh, yeah. We fetch them for her. Yeah, yeah, so we harvest them. Really? And then she, she makes them on holiday. They're so good, eh? Oh, with white wine and cream. Well, I didn't have wine last time, so I used gin. Oh, wow. How was that? <laughs> You're really good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, surprisingly. Yeah, surprisingly. Yeah, yeah, I used gin, cream, a shallot, and uh, some good French uh, salted butter, mm-hmm. and then I uh, put them into steam and stuff with some parsley in there. Oh, yeah, they're good. And I'd made a loaf of sourdough that morning, so it was like nice thick slices. Some of that French butter on there to soak up all the cream mm-hmm. after. It's like flipping good, eh? Damn. Food of the gods, eh? Yeah. Yeah, I've just got some scabby old pork chops tonight. 
with peri peri sauce, so that's good. Yeah, mate, thank you so much for coming down. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure, eh? Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's been awesome, eh? Um, to any of our listeners or watchers, viewers, yeah, your viewers, viewers out there, or listeners, if uh, so, if you buy one of Johnny's beautiful bottles of uh, the Cotswold Classic or the pink or pink the pink, gin, yeah. Uh, from watching this, I will give you a free tea towel as well. So, yeah. That's pretty good. Check and not out. only that, for every bottle sold, Rye will walk around the shop in a pair of pants. <laughs> No, you won't. That's mine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wear them over my trousers. Oh, he's a mankini up there. I'll wear that. <laughs> we'll do a little dab. Yeah. yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> no, dude, thank you so much. Yeah, for it's on been, the show. A, honestly, an absolute pleasure, eh? You um, know? Now I've got to um, try and <laughs> got to try and form a sentence together again, probably when I get home and we say, we say to when Rachel asks us where we've been. Oh, she's probably asleep. Shopping. She's she's probably tired. <laughs> where have you been? Oh, we just been working. Yeah, working. working. He knows where we are. Ignore that. That's just a cup with pizza. <laughs> but uh, yeah, th thank you so much. No, honestly, guys, yeah, absolute yeah. pleasure, eh? You know, I mean, uh, delicious oh, gin. Ryan's delicious mum's always gin. helped me out here, so you know, it's if I can do anything to help you guys out, you know, I'm all for it, eh? Yeah, it's no, been good. Thank you, so much. Thank good you everyone for Wonderful. listening. Thank you for everyone for listening to the Meat Makes podcast. We'll, we're still figuring out um, how, when these episodes are going to come out. Uh, we haven't like this is like being recorded months before they're getting uh, released yet. Uh, so so we're still figuring out when these guys are coming out. But we've got so many makers coming on to the show. I think we have over like 150 in the shop. Something like that. So so we've got plenty of episodes planned and plenty of stuff happening. Uh, in the future and uh, yeah, you'll hear from us very soon thank you very much and like Rai says if uh, anyone listening to this uh, podcast is interested in the free tea towel and wants to pick up a mm. bottle of delicious gin delicious gin then come on, come on down uh, which street are we on Rai? just so it so we're on Kendrick Street number 16 or you can just go to uk. And Johnny's in the food and alcohol section. Woohoo! Obviously. <laughs> Johnny, if people wants to follow you on social and all that sort of stuff, where do they find you? Um, Instagram mainly, um, the boutique distillery. Great. Yeah, come find me there, say hi, put your hands up, and uh, yeah, join in in all the fun goings on. We'll find you there. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah, perfect. That's good. Is it all right? That was brilliant. Is it all right? Thank you so much. No, that was Oh, hey, that's just that it. I'd just happily sit there and play cards for the rest of the yeah, night. Yeah, could we? <laughs>